Cool. <laughs> cool. Clap cue. Did you say fuck you? Clap cue. Oh, clap cue. <laughs> cool. Fuck you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> On this week's episode of Art of the Short, Jory and Bethers fillet the fairy tale, entertain extraterrestrial plague assistance, and modernize medieval coping mechanisms. We'd like to remind you that all episodes of Art of the Short contain explicit content and a masterful amount of spoilers. If you'd like to read the story before entering, a free link is provided in the show notes. Or if you give no f**ks whatsoever, just keep listening. of the short is an interactive literary art installation. We overextend our opinions on short stories and make art of our interpretations. Like Jory will bake cupcakes and decorate them with various boob forms, celebrating our diverse, beautiful bodies. Stuff like that. Join in the conversation and send us your artwork to add to the gallery at artoftheshort.com. And follow the installation on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Art of the Short to see what others think of this short story through their art. Hey! <laughs> your face? Hi. I was perfectly Hi. frozen. I held every muscle perfectly like a mannequin still yeah with like a whiplash face who's <laughs> <laughs> a little looper duper just some looper dupers up in my gooper Ooh. Ooh. That gross. <laughs> hey, that's a word i've what? never heard a gooper don't say it again i honestly was thinking brain though like a uh, brain no okay all right moving <laughs> on how was your art how do you feel this week for your art? I just saw my art before I sent it to you, and I was taken aback to see it. <laughs> I've been uh, in a bit of a flurry this week. I'm moving quick, working quick. Yeah. Working at yeah. a different pace than normal. Yes, yes. Uh, that does not mean it, anything is less quality. It's just a different pace. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah. And... Um, you know, sometimes when you are put in a tight box, you can really perform. I agree. So I guess we'll see if I did. <laughs> TBD. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited. T-B-D. I, I keep getting higher and higher. But did you say anything about your art? Did I ask? What, how do you feel about your no, art? No, but I will tell you five words mm. about my You guys my read her just quickly. She counted on her fingers. She could not <laughs> count to five in her own head. But go on. No. <laughs> it is... A real treat. A real. Right. That's all I have goop, to say. Would you say gooper? a real treat? No, let's not talk about that again. <laughs> that's fine. Let's forget that happened. Okay, a treat. Yep, it's a real goddamn motherfucking treat. All right, great. I look forward to it. Okay. This week's short story is by Margaret Atwood author of the critically acclaimed novel and television series The Handmaid's Tale, as well as countless others like Mad Adam, Oryx and Crake, Alias Grace, The Blind Assassin. Like, seriously, the list goes on. Because frankly, people can't get enough. As a, quote, feminist prophet, Atwood's work involves themes like religion and myth, gender and identity, climate and power politics. She is a lover of country music and has expressed that in another life, she would have a wardrobe of wigs just like Dolly. I mean, I feel the same exact way. 
This week we read Impatient Griselda by Margaret Atwood. This was fun. It was written in 2020. Oh, was it really? My, my. You don't know anything. You don't know what one thing. I don't thing. know anything about this. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just have so much to tell you. I look forward to it. <laughs> Okay, let's let's summarize the story for everyone. It opens on an alien. <laughs> yeah. 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 An alien and what we assume are human beings. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It kind of feels like when you're at a work seminar or something and you have like the person <laughs> being like, and this is the next thing that's going to happen. And this is what you need to think. And this Here's is- Here's our what- key, key seminar or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the alien doesn't speak English as a first language and keeps referencing yeah. that. Um, it's ESL. Yes. <laughs> it's English second language. Yes. Um, yes. Actually, no, you know what? They have a um, translator like in Star Trek. So they're not actually speaking English at all. They're speaking their own native language, and it's coming through a communicator, a translator, that's having some glitches. Yes. And can't translate everything directly. (laughs) And this alien is trying to explain, like, a bunch of processes to these humans who are in some sort of quarantine. And he's—he, I don't know, I had, like, a male energy. But they do—I guess they do say that they don't define themselves by two genders. Yeah. So they— are explaining like, sorry, you know, I ordered a um, t- t- what are they called Teletubbies? What a potted potty tub? T- What's a potty? I have no idea. What you're Where you ta- go to the bathroom what? and the what are they called? Porta potty. Porta potty. You called it a Teletubby. A porta potty. <laughs> a porta potty. <laughs> a porta telly. A porta tubby. <laughs> okay, yeah, a porta potty. So <laughs> he's saying, like, sorry, I ordered one of those for you. I understand that your human form yeah. needs that, but like it's backordered. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Cause everyone's in quarantine. And then he says, like, you can go out the window. Best of luck, which really made me laugh. And the alien's like, but don't jump because we're up really high. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. I would like to mention, because you were just talking about gender, the alien, they keep referring to everyone as sir, madam, or madam, sir, because they can't, they're so confused by what different sexes are. They're like- Trying to be formal. Yeah. Madam, sir, sir, madam. (laughs) It's really funny, actually. It was really funny. getting a giggle. Yeah. And they kind of like talk to the humans like they're children, Mm -hmm. but even though they're all like around in their 40s, it Mm -hmm. says, Mm -hmm. but like in the alien world, that's, they're like- infants basically (laughs) and they're also acting like babies the alien thinks that they're like being such infants in their behavior well because they're scared because there's an alien of course (laughs) and they don't have a toilet and like they have raw food (laughs) they have raw uncooked meat it sounds like for their food like he says like i don't know why you don't want the full nutrients of your food but just like suck up the blood don't spill it like it'll be better for you this alien who's like we come later to find out it's basically a stand-up comic. <laughs> <laughs> a stand-up comic alien who's trying to, like, lead the charge not very successfully. Yeah. They say, like, you aren't getting my joke, so obviously this translator isn't working. Isn't working. That's right. <laughs> he's, like, a low-status alien, so he's been sent to this planet to, like, he's entertain. like, yeah, I am just here to entertain. <laughs> Um, and so what he does for entertainment is tell them unearthly stories to keep them mm-hmm. feeling comfortable. Past the time. Past the time and just give them some sort of like nostalgia for like earth that's outside of quarantine. Yeah. And like, I think a distraction, like a nice distraction. Totally. Oh, cause what's outside the doors? 
Why are they in quarantine? A virus. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a plague or something. Oh, and then he starts to tell the story. And the story stars patient Griselda, impatient Griselda, and a duke. Impatient and patient are sisters. They're twin sisters. Yeah, and they go by Pat and Imp yeah. for Imp, patient, and patient. P-A-T, patient. So you call him Pat and Imp. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But they're both Griseldas, and they're identical twins. The alien is telling the story through his translator, or its translator, sorry. A duke comes along, and he's like, well, I guess it's time that mm-hmm. I procreate and take a human body and make babies with it. Like, the alien talks like a robot. Yeah, all the translation is super formal. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And It's really funny. The author, Margaret, the narrator, the alien, I guess, <laughs> likes to say they're low status, and so mm-hmm. he picks them because they're pretty and they have no brain. So he assumes. Yes, exactly. Well, he's just like, they're not educated. They'll do whatever I say. Like, they're not going to push back. Yeah, he basically says, like, I can abuse them. I can cut off their head if they don't want to have yes. sex with me, basically. Yes, yes, yes. He goes on to have two kiddos with Pat, the patient one. The Duke doesn't know that the twin sister is there. She's in disguise as like a scullery boy. Kitchen helper, yeah. And so she's watching as her sister is like mistreated and humiliated. And getting her life like threatened like literally every day. Like he's like, if you don't do this, I'm going to kill you. The worst. And then he decides to like play a practical joke, question mark. He tells his wife that he's going to or has killed their children. Yeah. He's a class act. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> yeah. But he hasn't, which is more maniacal. He's actually just sent them off to, like, boarding school. Yeah. He's he's a winner. This guy is a real winner. <laughs> a duke of a man. <laughs> yeah. Inpatient Griselda, because she works in the kitchen, and the kitchen staff, like, know everything. All the gossip. Gossip. Everything. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, fuck this motherfucker he's gonna kill my sister i'm gonna fuck his life up and patient griselda is like hey patient griselda i'm here i got your back i'm gonna help you get out of this marriage i've got a knife i've been butchering animals for a while yes so i know what i'm doing this is no different yes no different Mm -hmm. so they plan a little like swippy swap what is it there's like a french word for when you go and meet someone for a sex little sex in a garden you know what I'm talking um, about? Rendezvous? Rendezvous, maybe? Yeah, rendezvous, I think is what it is. Inpatient Griselda plans a, sorry, a rendezvous in the garden, and they switch places. They switch places. I don't know why I'm laughing so yeah, much. Yeah, you're really having to giggle now. I don't know. I told you I'm a little loopy today, you guys. Uh, will you just continue and tell what happens? Oh, sure. Yeah. Impatient Griselda's like, let me yeah. take your robes, let me impersonate you, here I go. Yeah. And it is a wife swap, little does he know. So she like tramps in and is like, tramp, 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 I'm a tramp, like I want to have sexual relations with you. The translation from the alien is really funny. It's so funny. Everything is like really like literal, dictionary, yeah. literal, <laughs> nothing yeah. romantic at all. Yeah. So she's like, meet me in the garden this evening. And he is like... Oh, I thought you were just a pushover dish rag, but I see that you're a trollop, whore. Like he ends up like saying he names like 20, 20 different words. words. And then I guess all of the humans that are listening protest like, oh, so now you know words. And the alien just says like, well, <laughs> these all translate. There's a lot of words for this in your culture. You have a lot of words for whore and slut and <laughs> yeah. bitch. And I don't think they say bitch, but. <laughs> Here's what she says when she's trying to seduce him from the alien's voice. 
Um, yes, admired and always right, sir, Imp said in a tone of voice that signaled a prelude to pseudopod excretion. Pseudopod. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a special gift for you in return for your great beneficence to me during our, alas, too short period of cohabitation. Please do me the honor of joining me in the garden this evening so we can have consolation sex once more before I am deprived of your shining presence forever. And then the alien says, the Duke found this proposition both bold and piquant. (laughs) I always thought you were a dishrag and a doormat, but now it seems underneath that way face of yours, which is a really mean thing to say, Mm -hmm. you are a slut, a trollop, a dolly mop, a tart, a floozy, a tramp, a hussy, and a whore. (laughs) He meets her and he's all like turned on by this like sexy garden Frisky time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, frisky time. Impatient Griselda slits his throat. She sure does. And he's dead. He's dead. And what do they do with the bodies? The alien really <laughs> wants to emphasize <laughs> that they ate every single piece of him. Yes. They ate him up. They made sure to eat everything yes. that he was wearing, bones, everything. Because the alien does mention earlier that while the sister's hiding in the kitchen, the sister sees so much waste yeah. and the alien's very judgy. <laughs> it's so upset about the waste. Like the alien saying like, these humans aren't even using the fur the bones, the feet. Can you imagine yeah. throwing it all away? How wasteful. Yeah. So the alien really makes a point to say, like, these sisters gobbled up every last bite. They go and live in the castle, and then every time any family member tries to come, they're able to kill them and eat them. Eat them up, too. And that's the end of the story. And that's the story. From the alien's perspective. And then there are some protests from the crowd. There are some protesters. The humans are like... That's not how the story goes. For one, there weren't twins. For two, they didn't eat them, bones and all. And the alien says, well, this is a cross-cultural exercise. You're welcome. You're welcome for sharing my culture. The alien's like, well, this is what I would do if I was in this position. Mm -hmm. And then it like slips under the door and goes to the next room to tell a story again. That's so funny. Oh, my God. What do you think you were going to get with a Margaret Atwood story? Oh, boy. Impatient Griselda. I mean, I guess I had an expectation of Margaret and her work. But then when I saw the title of this, I got real thrown for a loop. And I just didn't even know <laughs> what it could possibly be. Other than, like, there's nothing that Griselda could possibly be other than a fairy tale. Like, it's yeah. too fairy tale of a name to be anything else. Yeah, I guess I thought we were going to get some sort of feminist retelling of a fairy tale, I guess, if I really had to think about it. Yeah. But I didn't have a lot of time to think about it because I was so sure I knew what it was going to be. And then (laughs) Griselda was like, what's this? (laughs) What's this? What about you? What'd you think? (laughs) I was just like expecting something dark and like dystopian, obviously with like some sort of point, like commentary about it. Yeah. I mean, I guess this kind of was like a, it's like a sci-fi dystopian. Yeah plague with aliens so that it kind of is what it is and it is dark a little bit yeah but it's just like wrapped up in like a it's like a funny delightful little tale in a grim little alien package like it's (laughs) like i thought it was a delight to read Well, I'm so excited to tell you about this because you don't know the backstory i just assumed you would because i don't know anything about it so it wasn't like an original work that she just 
came to. It was commissioned as part of what's called the Decameron Project. Okay. Which I learned all about. And I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell the reader because I think it's so interesting. Tell me, tell me, tell me. This was in July, I think, of last year, 2020. The New York Times commissioned 28, which is just a random number, like modern writers to write stories that like reflect the time but are a distraction Mm. for people stuck in quarantine. Oh! Which is based off of Giovanni Boccaccio's um, project that was written in 1348 in Florence during the bubonic plague. So, yeah, in real life, Giovanni Boccaccio in 1348, Florence was like, fully suffering from the bubonic plague and by the end of that like decade they would have lost half of their citizens wow half of the citizens of florence died in the bubonic plague that's crazy so um this guy takes 10 friends and for 10 days they tell each other stories to distract and entertain one another and they hole up in this house outside of the city seven men three women something like this And every day they tell stories. And the stories are, like, meant to be a distraction from the grim, grim reality that was actually happening. That's so cool. And so the New York Times last year decided to do the same thing. And that's why this is about an alien distracting humans who are in quarantine because there's a plague outside. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, this is a real winky sort of piece, like a lot of winks to the reader. Yeah. Which I am obsessed with the fact that you didn't know and you still enjoyed it so much because I was only reading it in that context. So I really found it a delight that we had such different experiences, but both still really enjoyed it. Yeah, great. Like, she fulfilled her purpose, I think, in that way. Yeah, yeah. If it's, it's a standalone piece. Totally, yeah. The last thing I'll say about this is that People say it's like the most inspiring, best work that's ever been written in Italian. Mm-hmm. And it later inspired Chaucer's, whatever Chaucer wrote. What did he write? Isn't it a series of something? Oh, the Tales of Canterbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But anyway, the criticism around it says that like when you're living your normal life, mm-hmm. there's this saying, which is memento mori, which is like, remember that you must die. Like, Mm. always remember that life is short, you know, while you're living your life. But then this piece was written for memento vivere, which means remember you must live. So even when things are feeling so grim that you still have to live your life. And these are like stories that are, you know, meant to inspire. Like some of them are really silly. Yeah. And some of them are really sexy and some of them are really serious. Like they're the full range of entertainment. Yeah, we should read some more of them. This is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what this is. This is from the Decameron Project in 2020, and it was meant to entertain real humans stuck in real quarantine in the 21st century. Wild, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I guess the important thing that I'm not saying is that Impatient Griselda is one of those stories. She's retelling a real piece of folklore, which is from that piece. Yeah, one of my questions was, is this like an actual fairy tale, and I just am not getting which one it is? Yeah, it is. It is a known folk tale, quote unquote, and it's from the Decameron, and she retold it. Well, okay. From an alien's point of view, which we never did mention. We should tell the reader that the alien is um, an octopus. Yeah, it's basically an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you say this is like a recreation from something that's so like old because obviously I had no impression of that at all. So Mm -hmm. to me, I was like, oh, well, okay. Clearly this is like commentary on like 
the abusive narratives of like fairy tales and like how they <laughs> like play out in real life and mm-hmm. reflect in life and society, you know, like, you know, when we were growing up, we still had like Little Mermaid and things, which yeah. we couldn't not want to aspire to be. Yeah. Like, I still want to be a mermaid. Of course. But- I still want my voice taken in order to be with a man. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Which is, no, I know you are. But it is like, you know, if I was a parent, I would be like, this isn't yeah. what I want to like. This isn't quite right. Yeah. This, this isn't, isn't quite okay. it. Mm-hmm. I was reading this just as like, this is her like funny way of being like, this is how dumb mm-hmm. you humans are and like what you think is important. <laughs> and there's these women that are in these like incredibly abusive relationships where like, yes. you know, they're subservient yes. to their husbands and just need to be pretty things that just Did like you don't read speak. the actual real tale of Griselda no it's even more fucked up can I tell you yeah quickly I'll just the only thing that's different so instead of slicing the duke's throat and eating his bones she's sent away after her children are killed she thinks and then later in life years later she's brought back to be like hired help like a servant or whatever, okay. to prepare the Duke for his new wife. Oh, uh, okay. Just to humiliate her. Like, she's brought specifically to, like, wait yeah, on yeah. the new wife and, like, be right, right. humiliated by this new young wife. And she comes, she does the job, and it, the story says that she wishes them well, like, she doesn't protest, mm-hmm. and then finds out that that bride is actually her daughter. Ew. He doesn't marry the daughter. He remarries Griselda because she was so patient. Gross. Question mark? Faithful? Question mark? Gross. It's disgusting. Yes, that's the real ending. Gross. Well, I'm with this alien. I'm like, <laughs> kill them all. <laughs> By the way, I do not condone violence. Yeah, because the alien says, I couldn't tell the story the way you want. That story's not for me. That's what the alien says. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. I would like just to mention some things that I thought were quite funny. Please. Obviously, the language translator device, whatever, was making me cackle. Mm -hmm. There's a point where the alien is like, and the Duke wrote up on his, (laughs) we don't have a word for this. And then it's like, yes, snack. Snack. It came (laughs) on its snack. Four-legged snack. (laughs) It's so good. And he also like, gets really like a bit harsh with them when they're complaining in the beginning and they're grumbling. Yeah. And he says like, I see that you're grown up, sir, madams. Like I know on your sir planet madam. you're grown. So you should really stop yeah. whimpering. And then he says, only snacks <laughs> whimper. <laughs> Which is basically a threat, like a not very veiled threat. Yeah. Oh, and the alien knows the term hangry. Which Yes, that was so funny. Basically the story is driven by the Aliens' yeah. appetite. It's the primary drive <laughs> for the alien. <laughs> Bethany, what would you rate this, Margaret Atwood and Patient Griselda story? I don't think I knew what the answer until we just talked it through because what it was was successful. I'm sorry to say I'm giving it five whimpering snacks. Whimpering snacks. Five out of five. Because it was successful in what she was asked to do yeah. and hired to do yeah, and successful just on its own. I'm going to give it, uh, you always influence my decision. I know. I, I was like, she's going to try and be a hard ass, but she doesn't I'm mean gonna it. I'm going to try so hard to be a hard ass. So I was going <laughs> to, okay, I'm going to give it a 3.5, but originally I was going to give it a three and I'm, this is, this is, this is, this, this is my reasoning. I thought it was I'm great. I'm taking a back reader. My eyebrows raised. It did exactly what you said. I know. And I did enjoy it like quite a bit, but. 
I'm, I need to reserve my fives for things that are really... Oh, my God. I'm taking this very seriously. <laughs> okay. But I will give it a 3.5. Mm-hmm. No, see, I already feel guilty about that. I want to raise it up. Mm-hmm. I want to raise it up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it somewhere between a 3.5 and a 5. Oh, my God. I can do it. Unacceptable. <laughs> a whimpering... How many whimpering snacks is it? The reader wants to know. Okay, I'll settle on four. Okay. It's good. Read it. Everyone should read it. It is funny and it's delightful and it will like brighten your day, mm-hmm. even though it's talking about just silliness. Again, exactly as it was intended. Well, I agree with you. I said <laughs> you influenced my decision, okay? <sighs> At some point <laughs> in my life, I'll get a little more hardcore. At some point, we'll read something crappy. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't crappy. That wasn't it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst. <laughs> Of the short, art of the short, art of the short, art of the short. Oh, what do we have here? <laughs> what do you have, dirt? This is very like, well, it's a it's a bunch of things. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's a bunch of things. It's kind of a collage mm-hmm. that has like representation from multiple eras. But I think that Bethany was going for her little history lesson that mm-hmm. she gave us. And so it has, like, some seashells, an octopus to represent the alien. It's got an underwater kind of theme. And then it also has these, like... That's from the Decameron. That's the original. You can see there the ten people. Oh, cool. That's an illustration of the original ten storytellers. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the photo at the bottom there is an illustration of this folktale. Oh. It's, like, three panels. It's covered, but okay. it's three panels that are painted of impatient Griselda being sent away by the Duke. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. So this is like a famous folktale that's been, yeah, like in lots of historical references, including this painting. That's so cool. Yeah. What I was inspired by was the history, as you mentioned. Yeah. These aren't just any octopus, octopi. Okay. It's the actual octopus from the documentary My Octopus Teacher. Oh, I haven't seen Have that seen yet. This? No, I want to. The octopus teacher is about how these alien species to us are so intelligent and so adaptable and can adapt to all these changing circumstances. Mm -hmm. And my sister and I were on this trip because we, there's not, there's only so many things you can do because we are living in a pandemic world. So we could just be in our car and be in a campsite and wear masks and like we're adapting as human creatures. Yeah. And you know, I just, I thought the whole thing was really, really lovely that ever since the 1300s, people have been adapting to these changing circumstances. It is amazing how humans are so adaptable mm-hmm. and actually kind of scary a little bit. It mm-hmm. scares me sometimes, mm-hmm. like, to think how quick we can change. Well, it- that's what they say, like, that separates the human animal. Mm-hmm. They can adapt to almost any environment in the whole world, whereas most animals can't. Like, you can't take a tree or a plant or an animal from yeah. one environment and have them thrive or even live adapt to another one necessarily but the human animal has lived in every kind of climate and every kind of space on our planet they're adaptable not even just like climate or space like that i just mean like even emotionally like we can just adapt and like compartmentalize and put things in places and try to forget about them and move on and keep living Mm -hmm. like you were saying this is about you know the importance of living and focusing on that yes It is actually kind of frightening to me. It kind of scares me a little bit (laughs) 
Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like our superpower. It's mm-hmm. pretty incredible. I, yeah. It's powerful for good or for evil, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, go ahead and oh, look at my okay. art because it's going to be a complete mood switch. <laughs> okay, Get ready to switch gears. Oh, boy. <laughs> Tori. <laughs> oh, no. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I think, dear reader, dear listener, this is the moment you're experiencing with us in real time where we have our first, like, <laughs> merch, our first merchandise. <laughs> Because I think when you all hear what this is, you're going to want to have it as a bumper sticker, as a onesie, as a t-shirt. Shower curtain. A shower curtain, for instance. Okay, so it's a pink backdrop. It's like a digital kind of image, like Tori illustrated over a mm-hmm. photo of... It's kind of like a candy wrapper kind of vibe. Yeah. And inside the candy wrapper is a giant horse's head. Yeah. With its eyes X'd out because the horse's of course. Yeah. A snack. <laughs> a snack. It's this horse picture she picked is really something. It looks like a donkey. It looks like an ass. Like <laughs> has its buck teeth out and its mouth open and its nostrils flared and then its eyes X'd out. Yep. <sighs> it's a snack. I have been vegetarian for like <laughs> probably 30 years of Who my life. Who going to be like meat related? Um, I like just thought that was like the funniest thing. And she even writes like, she's like, we don't have your vegan snacks or what you call <laughs> vegan. The aliens clearly like salivating over this horse. Yes. And the humans in front of it. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd snack. Remind people that, you know, it is a li- living creature. This is a, a piece titled... Snack, because you put quotes around it, too, which even makes it more, like, tongue-in-cheek. Snack. If you don't always log on to look at the art, please do yourself a favor (laughs) and log on to look at the snack, because I got to say, my appetite is ruined. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did enjoy making this art, though. Amazing. Amazing. I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah, that was exciting. I was so excited. It's very cool to have this, like, relationship in time between our cultures and eras yeah Mm -hmm. i mean an unfortunate reason to be connected but totally but it's also a reminder and again i'm not trying to be like too deep or whatever whatever i don't give a fuck if i am or not it's not even that deep what i'm about to say but like how (laughs) literature is so important and you know you get so much from it and this exercise today this is not what i was expecting this (laughs) to turn out to be and mm-hmm. it's really cool and I feel like we got to be a part of something that we didn't even know we were going to be a yeah, part of it's very cool it's exciting on the next episode of Art of the Short Little Shorties we will read Country Lanes by Nick Rossi as always a free link to this short story is in our show notes for you and we really want to see what you think what you make how you feel about this story because we thoroughly enjoyed it yeah so Send us your artwork at artoftheshort.com and follow the installation on Instagram or Twitter. And we're also on Facebook at Art of the Short. And be a part of the installation and the conversation. Yeah. And let us know what you think if you make art or you don't make art. But please make art because it's really fun. And the story. Please make art. This one's a good one, Bethany. Fun good one. job. <laughs> fun one. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Dolphins are very playful. Dolphins are very playful. <laughs> they're like a little too playful. <laughs> they're a little rapey. Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, they're a little rapey. <laughs> they're a little rapey. <laughs> they're a little rapey. A little on the rapey side. <laughs> 